And I've asked Darren to just share um, a little bit about the experience. First of all, what did we do? And then why did you do it? Okay. Yeah, everybody. Darren, Lou. Um, Tuesday, so sermon last Sunday was on this topic, and there was an invitation to uh, take action in all sorts of different ways. People wrote letters here, and one of the items on the sheet was some people are going, and we're connected with Julie who was actually traveling from Palo uh, Alto with some friends of hers, and she was on Facebook and saying, I'm on my way. And so I told Lynn, I said, I think I want to go. And then it sounded like Kevin wanted to go. And so we connected Mon Sunday night. I think we booked tickets. Tuesday morning early we went. So it was a Tuesday and Wednesday trip. By the time Wednesday noon, we were on a flight back. So it was actually quite a quick trip. Um, Tuesday we arrived. Uh, got a car, rental car, and drove to Walmart to get some poster board to start writing uh, signs for the protests. We meet up with the rest of the crew at uh, one of the Border Patrol facilities. That's where uh, some of the children were supposed to be uh, detained. And so we met up with, it ended up being 13, 15 people or so, uh, six from California, and the rest heard on news that we were there. And so locals came and joined the protest. Um, so we protested there for the afternoon. There was some discussion around whether we were allowed to stay on the facilities. The Border Patrol agents had to call their PR people. We had to call the lawyers, and it turns out that they wanted us off of the premises. So we actually moved from the, um, from the uh, parking lot to the external portion, so we were right outside the walls. So we are showing our, our signs to uh, passersby, on, and people were honking their horns. Um, so that was the afternoon. The evening, uh, we went down to Clint, Texas, which is, was a 40-minute drive. And Clint, Texas was actually the facility that was uh, featured in the news right before uh, the Sunday that we heard about where they had detained um, over 100 children uh, with uh, you know, no showers, uh, no clean clothes. A lot of the times there were infants being cared for by other, other children. So we went down to Clint, Texas, and we held a vigil there. Um, and uh, Kevin said a few words and shared about the incarnation to the you know just to the very few people who were protesting there, um, and then said a blessing. Uh, and so that was Tuesday. Wednesday morning we got up and then we uh, we collected uh, uh, everybody into the downtown area in El Paso and we had new signs, better signs. We had learned you know what worked and what didn't work. So we protested there, um, really at a, an intersection with a lot of cars. Um, and then from there we went to I think we we dropped by one of the state representatives. Uh, a couple of us went inside to talk to them to explain what we were doing. Uh, they were going to send a representative to the vigil that, later that night. Um, and then we, we had a, a bunch of um, supplies that we had originally hoped to deliver to the federal facility, uh, but the federal uh, agents weren't receiving them. So we actually took all of those supplies and we marched them as we were shouting and singing to one of the uh, nonprofit um, organizations that houses um, immigrants after they come through, they get processed, and once they're released, a lot of them will end up in this in this home um, to sort out what they do next. So we brought diapers and um, and clothing and, and things like that. Yeah. So that was. And, and why did you go? What was it for you, Mimi? So uh, during the sermon, uh, I felt like I wanted to do something. 
Um, I, to be honest, I didn't have it all thought through. I felt like I needed to do something more than uh, writing the letter, which I was really glad that we had the opportunity to do that. So uh, when there was an opportunity to go, I felt like, okay, there's some cost to me, but not a huge cost. I mean, there's the plane ticket and there's the time and then cost of my family for taking care, you know, for my wife to have to watch the kids and, and shuttle them back and forth to, to, to school without me. Um, so I wanted to go because I wanted to do, to do something. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. Um, some of this is the charismatic background in me where it's less you just show up and you see what God does, and I think that sort of worked. Um, so that's why I did it. I felt like, um, and then also per, on a personal level, I felt like my family, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the child of uh, several generations of people before me who came from China, uh, as immigrants uh, to work here, and they had the benefit of of, of uh, living in this country and and you know building their their roots here. And so I felt like, uh, as somebody who's benefited from that, I needed to stand in solidarity with people who are trying to do the same. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much. So while yeah, so while we were down there, um, you guys were up here and uh, doing the same thing, and it was uh, amazing. Um, it was wonderful for me because I was in Texas. I got to see the KTVU news coverage and, and got to hear uh, uh, Christine and, and Pastor Marcus and Ivan and Rabbi Ari um, share their thoughts and reflections on on the meaning uh, behind all of this. And then we've been raising money for RICES, which is the organization that we identified as doing some really uh, on-the-ground work, um, providing legal services specifically. And uh, we've raised $2,665 so far, and uh, Spark is matching up to 2000 So, So far, we're going to send a check of over uh, $4,600 to RICES. And if you still want to date... Yeah, nice. Woohoo out there. Um, and if you would still like to donate, um, at least for the matching portion, like what Spark is doing, you're, you're still welcome to do that uh, tonight. And we may make that adjustment, but that's just what we've budgeted for. Obviously, you do not have to wait on us to donate. Um, there are several organizations that you can consider, and I think in this next email update that I'm going to send, uh, we've identified a couple others since we've been doing some research um, that you are welcome to participate in donating for. Um, and then Pastor Danielle wants to share a few things uh, regarding um, when we show up and its value and its importance. So I wanted to, first of all, thank you all for being the type of church and community that held space for our outrage and concern um, on behalf of those being detained at the border. Um, last week, you guys showed up, man, and I'm just so deeply grateful for that and grateful for all of you as a church community. And I think sometimes when we, particularly for those of us who aren't typically social activists or gospel justice activists, anybody? This was like your first thing you ever went to, right? So I was telling Kevin, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a pretty conservative um, home and context, but we were always very active regarding um, compassion for, for the poor, for those in need, um, and a deep respect for the civil rights movement and um, trying to make sure that the Holocaust never happened again and all of those things. So I was kind of raised in a weird sort of mixed environment of all that. My last, you know, sort of like official protest of, or my first official one was in high school when my, my teachers told me they weren't getting paid enough money and that if they went on strike, it didn't really do anything. But if we could get the students to go on strike, that'd be great. So my senior year, I organized a student walkout of uh, 1,200 students. And um, 
Yeah, with my Save the Planet t-shirt and my uh, Birkenstocks. And my Republican card-carrying members. <laughs> it's all the mix of all of that. Um, and I don't think, Kevin and I were talking about how we kind of show up to events like this and, and what we bring with us. And, and I don't think I've done a lot of that um, in the years since. But the last four or five years, there have been issues that have touched my heart in such a way that feels like it's not a political issue. It's not a partisan issue. It's a Jesus gospel justice issue. And that our faith in Christ um, needs to stand um, in this place. So for those of us who are still finding ourselves newly and freshly to these things, um, I've been showing up to a lot of them over the last several years. And Kevin always chooses, like to, he's like, I think I'm going to stay home and hold the space here. And then I grab my kid and then we go and we stand up <laughs> and do this. It's still always hard. What are we doing and did anything change? Is anything good? What happens when we show up? Well, here's a couple thoughts. So here we go. Ready? I think that when we show up, we show that we, as Jesus' followers, are commanded to welcome the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the poor, the orphan, the prisoner, the sick, and the widow, and that we're going to follow that command. I think that when we say, this is not okay, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to hold a sign, and I'm going to stand in a corner, does anything change? Yes. We're going to start at least preaching to ourselves that we are going to follow Jesus, that we take very seriously the commands of Christ as followers of him, and we're going to try to do something about it when we see something wrong. I think another thing that happens when we show up is that uh, we stand as witnesses for those who are suffering. Um, we refuse to allow the tears and the pain and the blood of others to fall to the ground without crying out to God. We refuse to sit there and say that that suffering doesn't matter or that I'm not changed or moved by it or that I too won't cry out for them. And I want to know that if I were ever to meet somebody who had been detained or whose children had been detained and taken from them or meet that child 20 years from now, I would want them to know that their suffering mattered to me as a human being, as a follower of Jesus, and that I wanted to show up and stand as witness to that and not just let that pass as though it, it didn't need to change me. I think that the th one, a third thing happens when we show up. We teach and demonstrate to our children, this next generation, what's right. I want... Someday I know our kids are going to come and ask us and say, where were you? Where were you when hundreds of people, thousands of people, and hundreds of children are being detained in unsafe conditions and unsanitary, inhumane conditions? Where were you? And I want to be able to look at this next generation and say, we were there. We stood up. We said it was wrong. And I want that to testify to the generation that's coming. I think four, when we stand on that corner for one hour on a Tuesday afternoon, that we push the needle a little bit. Our vigils gain attention in the media, in online. The vigil that we organized here in Palo Alto on Tuesday night was to give push and echo for what was happening in Clint. And the reporters that came knew that there were people in Clint that were standing there too and trying to make sure that we were gathering some steam. So here's our tiny little sparky church, right? We are not like, we don't even have our own building. We don't have our own offices. And we have sparkers showing up because of Jesus um, and making some news and some noise. And so we push the needle in media, online. Politicians respond and have responded this week. Um, there have been already court rulings where the, the court has said that the administration needs to allow, to, needs to have all of these standards um, more meeting the Flores Agreement by July 12th. They also need to allow physicians in to inspect the facilities and to help the children. That's just happened. Because politicians are starting to get 
upset and their constituents are pushing the needle. We help those who are there and who've been working for years on this issue. This is not a new issue for them. We help those attorneys and those aid workers and all those people there to know that they're not alone and that there are people that are paying attention and are going to try to help. I think we encourage one another in that way. For pastors and fellow Christians who may be reserved and thinking, maybe this is too political, or maybe it's a debatable issue, when they see us crying out, maybe they're prayerfully convicted. That this isn't about an immigration policy. It's about how we treat one another as human beings. I think, too, that all of the people out there who are wondering, what does Jesus have to say about this? What does Christianity teach us about the stranger and the poor and the orphan? That they see in us that love in action, and we move the needle for everyone watching, including ourselves, beginning with ourselves. That's my hope. Uh, one of my friends, um, because when we showed up on that corner, Congregation Eitz Chaim here also sent their people to go stand on that corner with us in a large number and then bend the ark and uh, JCRC and Jewish Learning Works. And it kind of spread. And then some other Christians heard and some other groups started showing up. And when all of that happened, one of my friends, um, she's a rabbi, she emailed me this morning and she said, you know, when I saw all of us standing on that corner and I saw a spark standing at that corner, she said, I turned to my husband. I said, see, that's the kind of synagogue I want to belong to. (laughs) Referring to our church, right? We... We move the needle for everyone. And I had people that Tuesday night come up to me and say, where are the Christians? Where are the pastors? Where, why aren't you crying out? I said, I think it's a great question. Let's keep asking that question and let's invite everybody to come and join us. Right? Um, there's no shame there. There's no blame. Just come, come get loud with us. Um, when we show up, we find like-minded people along the way. And that's encouraging. We find hope when we find others who are also angry and also passionate and also showing compassion. And when we learn from one another on the journey, right? We're just showing up because we just feel compelled to do something, but we have so much to learn. And the friends that we meet along the way are gifts that God is bringing to us. And I'm so deeply grateful for that. When we show up, we get louder and we get stronger. We are not alone and people start to listen to us. And strength in numbers is not just a thing that warriors say, right? It's a thing that we as followers of Jesus can say. um, That our cries for justice and our cries for humanitarian aid and for policy changes, we gain influence in the debate. And then those things are implemented. So I want to say thank you. I want to thank you guys for showing up. I want to thank you for giving voice to the people who need to be heard and and whose voices are being silenced right now. And I think we're going to have to continue to work hard on this issue for a very long time. So thank you for being sparky. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for um, trying to keep the debate focused to simply how we are treating one another as human beings um, and how people should be treated in these centers, right? Uh, I don't hear anybody um, in our community arguing for crazy shifts in giant shifts of policy. We're simply saying this is not okay. It is not okay to treat people this way. And we as followers of Jesus know that this is not okay. So to that end, then, what's next? Um, Friday, July 12th, there is a nationwide movement called Lights for Liberty, and it's going to be a vigil. It's being sponsored by a whole bunch of different groups, primarily the Women's March folks and all that other kind of stuff. It's on a Friday night at 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock with, like, the candle lighting around 8.45 or 9. It's all around the U.S., and there will be a Palo Alto Mountain View location on El Camino in Mountain View. 
But one of the things that we've learned as people who share space here with the Jewish community is that Friday night's not a great night to get a whole bunch of our Jewish brothers and sisters out because it's the beginning of Shabbat. It's the beginning of the day of rest, and they're in services. So Eitz Chaim has said, we would love Friday, July 12th to invite Spark Church to come to Shabbat services here, and we're going to focus the whole service on this issue of detainment and children being detained at the borders and how to kind of make a difference for this. So Friday night, um, if you want to go to the Lights for Liberty thing, then that will be outside on street corners nationwide, and you can do that. Spark as a church, as a community, will be here in this room with Congregation Eitzchayim. And we're going to be listening to Darren share, Pastor Kevin share, um, probably some people from Spark and from Eitz who were at the vigil, as well as they have a member who went down with another Jewish congregation in the area to the border, and he's an attorney. He and his wife went down and they actually helped. And they needed translators and people doing humanitarian aid. And so this community here took a bus of people and went down and worked. And so Congregation Chaim has invited Spark Church to sort of start to form a subcommittee and figure out if that's a good thing for us to do together. So Spark Church, Eitznik's. Get on a bus together, and we're going to go someplace together where we can help. And if you don't have a skill like attorney or speaking Spanish, that's me, um, then we're still going to find things that we can do together, and it would be a family-friendly event, right? Um, Jews and Christians together, coming together and saying, this is not okay. Um, what, we, what can we do as communities that share this roof and come under this same space together? How can we help and support um, policy changes? And how we care for people. So if you're interested in the rescue team and trying to be part of that subcommittee or trying to figure out what those next steps are, would you contact me afterwards? And if you could save the date, even if you don't know what the next step is, if you just show up that Friday night here in this space, make a friend. And um, particularly for our Jewish brothers and sisters, this is a very deep um, issue, right? Their ancestors, not long ago, maybe one generation, were detained, um, I'm not calling this a concentration camp, and I think those are terms that sometimes get a little bit challenging. But the idea of not being able to seek asylum, um, the idea of being turned away at the border, the idea of being detained in a camp, these are things that sit very heavily within the context of our Jewish community. And guess what? There were a lot of Christians that stood up at that time and said it was not okay. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Corey Ten Boom, lots of Christians that housed and hid Jews in Europe, lots of Christians that advocated for Jews to be able to come here into the U.S. There were also many of us that didn't. And now is the time for us to come together as Spark Church and say we, are, as followers of Jesus, feel convicted that it is, a, it is imperative for us to love and welcome um, those seeking asylum and refuge, and we need to treat one another with, with care and respect. Cool? Thank you guys for being awesome. We'll look forward to that event. Thank you, Pastor Danielle.